Thank you for listening to the Oppenheimer Let's Talk Future podcast series. In this episode, our guest is Ed Harrington, Executive Vice President of the Private Client Division at Oppenheimer. And our host is Joan Corey, Managing Director and Chief Marketing Officer. This episode was recorded on April 16th, 2021. Please subscribe to our channel to instantly access previous episodes. Subscribing also means you won't miss out on new episodes with our thought leaders who bring you timely and relevant insights about the markets, investing, business, new technologies, and life in general. Today, as we slowly emerge from our pandemic lifestyle and decide what will be the next normal, let's take a moment and reflect on what matters most in life. How will we spend our time, manage our relationships, pursue our work and career goals, and fulfill our charitable aspirations? We need to take the steps and invest the time to create our story, our life's legacy. We need to consider not just the good times, but how we will respond to life's natural emergencies, like old age, disease, and even death. Benjamin Franklin reminded us of the certainty of death and taxes, but there are other certainties we need to consider and prepare for. Consider these facts and figures. In 2020, the number of young adults with a will increased by 63%. For the first time ever, 18 to 34-year-olds are now more likely to have a will than people aged 35 to 54. Nevertheless, despite the threat of COVID-19, the overall percentage of Americans with a will has not significantly changed. So today, we want to discuss how to reframe legacy planning from a goal that is always on our to-do list but never gets quite done to an accomplishment that fulfills our obligation and responsibility to our own future. How do we write our personal story and pass on our legacy to the next generation? Today's podcast features Ed Harrington. Ed leads the private client division of Oppenheimer. Throughout his long and distinguished career, Ed has been trusted to help countless others pursue legacy planning and achieve the ideal process that ensures positive experiences and positive outcomes, both for individuals and families. Ed, welcome. I appreciate you having me, Joan. Thank you. Ed, let's start at the beginning. What is legacy planning and why is it so important? Joan, to start, it's important to begin with an acknowledgement of the fact that this is a very personal, very emotional topic. Given this reality, legacy plan is going to mean different things to different people. While oftentimes people will see it as an event, we advocate for it being seen as a lifelong process, something we'll certainly cover in a bit. But to begin with the basics, many people know that at some point they're going to need a will. And they're certainly right. It's important. But when we discuss things in terms of legacy, it becomes about one's life, one's current vision and goals, and what you want for yourself and loved ones after you're gone. So there's a lot more to do it about it than just a will. When you look at it clinically, legacy planning generally refers to the process of planning for the transfer of assets to your loved ones. It's also sometimes considered synonymous with estate planning. 
However, some argue that legacy planning encompasses a greater breadth of planning and activities, something we absolutely believe in here. But the idea does center on planning for the transfer of wealth and assets, both physical and emotional, from you to your heirs. Depending on the size of one's estate, this plan may be very simple or very complex. When you really get down to it, while people do, again, see it as an event, engaging with an attorney, drafting a document, it is really so much more than that. What we like to do is describe it as the color on the palette of life, if you will. Something that you have the ability to really influence when you're gone, but it takes a lot of hard work and it is an iterative process. Again, it is not an event. It's a lifelong process. I love the way that you've laid that out. You are you are so right. It is it is a, a process, and actually, it can be one that can be rewarding for everyone. You run a business, a, a preeminent wealth management business. You see a lot of what people are planning for and what they can avoid. Can you just provide us some perspective on how you see people approaching legacy planning? Sure, Joan. Happy to do so. Let's start with out with a few facts that really frame just how important this is to really take that first step. Certain surveys and studies point to the fact that over 65% of older Americans have not discussed or have spoken only a little about their estate and legacy plans with family or loved ones. Another study indicates that 74% of Americans find estate planning to be a confusing topic. Again, given the fact that it's a very emotionally charged topic, we find that not doing anything tends to be the more comfortable position to take than actually engaging in the process itself. Let's call it what it is. No one likes to talk about sickness or plan or even think about what happens after they're gone. At the end of the day, what we really think about and advise to think about is the fact that whilst when one is gone, the emotional toll that it takes on those that are left behind, if you will, the burden of grief is such that a proper legacy plan, a proper estate plan, a proper conversation leading up to such events can really alleviate a lot of the things that can get away of that burden of grief. Put another way, really plan concretely and substantively for what happens afterwards and not leave any ambiguity on the table. That's interesting. The stats that you just quoted. So in large measure, some some of us decide just not to do it, and which is not the right option. So I think many well-known people have, we, we read about this a lot, John Singleton, Prince, Aretha Franklin, they really avoided putting their financial affairs in order. So why is that? And why is it so hard? It's really an important instructive item to consider and take a look at. Whilst the individuals that you mentioned previously have seemingly all the resources and access to subject matter experts in the world, each one of them had things that could have been done better or even been done at all to ensure an efficient transfer of wealth and that their heirs and their affairs were taken care of. Let's talk specifically for a second. Again, there's not a month that goes by that there's not some celebrity state planning item put forth in the press. Think about a very specific case where a Hollywood filmmaker slipped into a coma in 2019, with his family finally discovering that he never had created a medical directive or a power of attorney in the case of his incapacity. This certainly created a bit of tension and actually sparked a battle over guardianship. When he passed away, the family was horrified to learn that he'd never updated his final will, created many years earlier. Again, this individual saw this as an event, not a process. 
In the 20 plus years since creating the will, he had more children, but he'd never updated his will to reflect the additions to his family. With a multi-million dollar fortune at stake, there were undoubtedly incidents of infighting, doubt, resentment, and ruined relationships as his family went to war over the portion of the estate. The bottom line is this, the event of estate planning can in fact conspire against what it is that you ultimately want to do, which is take care of your affairs when you're gone. Legacy planning is all about that. Sounds like you have some personal experience here. Do you mind sharing any experiences that you have and how you came to form your opinions? Absolutely, Joan. We'll start with something on the more humorous side and get to the more serious side of things. So as you know, Joan, I'm an avid cyclist, and uh, there are many a morning when I'll find myself as one of the early risers on the trail or the road, as it were. One day, I actually came over a rise while riding in the trails of northern New Jersey to come upon a bear that couldn't have been more than six to eight feet away from me at the time I encountered it. Now, most of these encounters are clearly harmless ones. The bear looks at you and scampers away in the woods. And on this case, it was no different. But in that split second, I really wondered a lot about what it is that I'd done to prepare for myself, including carrying a phone the next time I was out on the trail. All kidding aside, these are the types of things that are the unexpected. And without a plan, uh, you can just imagine how many situations exist out there where people just aren't prepared for the unexpected. On a more personal and serious note, early in my professional career, I was really presented with a situation uh, where a close family member passed and was left to really untangle the complexities of an estate that really hadn't been planned for. I can tell you that while shouldering the burden of grief and ultimately that responsibility, a lot of emotions are involved. But one of the things that I can tell you that would have very much helped alleviate or at least allow one to focus on dealing with that burden of grief would have been a well-rounded plan. It didn't have to be complex. It could have simply been planned for. Those are the types of things that when you think about it, Each one of us have examples of things that could have been done better. This is the type of thing that is really, really important while one still has the capacity to guide outcomes. Again, really a big part of estate planning and legacy planning, guiding an outcome toward your intentions. So glad that that bear decided to scamper away. (laughs) You and me both. A bear moment that we all have. You know, sometimes I think people have a perception that legacy planning is for the very wealthy or the, you know, the Hollywood example that you just discussed. Can you demystify that? Absolutely, Joan. It, It really is very easy. Everyone should prepare for their legacy and ultimately what happens when they pass. And you don't need to be wealthy to learn that life is more complex than you might think when you take a step back and assess things. Your planning will ultimately be a bit more complex than you think about too. But it can come down to the basics. It can come down to a simple wish, a simple pass of a family heirloom, or other related items. As I sit here in my office, I look around and see so many different examples of things that I would probably want to be passed along to my heirs or donated to charity or other things that ultimately, in a little way, allow my legacy to continue when I'm gone. Every one of us has those types of things. Every one of us has those moments. Every one of us has a need to think about it in our mind's eye. Excellent. Let's talk about then how do we go from our ideas and our crafting our story to what I'll call like the tools that make it come to life. Can you talk about the the basic elements 
that everybody should know about? Absolutely. I would start, Joan, with really advocating for taking some time to really just think taking some time to assess. Oftentimes, each of us have in our mind's eye what it is that we want to accomplish, but we really haven't found yet the words to describe what it is we want that to look like and how we want that to go. What I suggest, and I know you and I have talked about this a lot, is surround yourself with people that have the ability to help translate your ideas into a plan that you can put into action. And I'd advocate for, as we all do here at the firm, to really create that network around you to help, again, translate what your thoughts are into an actionable plan. It could be the architecture, if not the infrastructure of one's wealth and a well-crafted estate plan. It can be other related items that could be more complex. But when I think of the people you want to surround yourself with, it's certainly loved ones that you want to bring into this conversation. It's other people like tax accountants, attorneys, financial advisors, others that you trust to be able to really take what you're looking for and translate it into practical, digestible points. But to the practical, there are really four or five things that one needs to think about. I think when you look at the things that matter most, certainly a durable power of attorney is part of that. What this allows you to do is appoint someone to handle your financial affairs and sign legal documents on your behalf in the event you are no longer able to do so due to illness or incapacity. Another is clearly an advanced healthcare directive, also known as a living will, a document that allows you to designate an agent to make healthcare decisions on your behalf if, again, you are unable to do so due to incapacity or illness. A last will and testament is clearly a big part of all of this in that it is a document that will very much concretely, substantively, and without ambiguity allow for the efficient and effective distribution of your assets to beneficiaries after your death. The structural aspects of things. For certain situations, many situations, trust that can protect and direct assets are very, very important. A personal memorandum, also something that's very important. It covers the basics from family heirlooms to passwords to other things that you really don't think about in this new world that we're in, right? We have a physical presence while we're here, but there's a digital presence that might live on. How is it that you're protecting those assets? the new concept of a non-fungible token and other related things. You start to think about just how quickly society has advanced past the convention of legacy planning. And those are the types of things we wanna bridge. The gap between what it is that life has done or what it is that your life is probably better said and the convention of what was. We're at a very fascinating intersection in the concept of legacy planning. And we're really excited about those conversations. You know, you're so right, because I'm looking at your office and I see a lot of very interesting sports memorabilia that will definitely have a place to go. And and the only way it's going to end up is if it's kind of listed in that personal memorandum that you just discussed. And in that, you know, sort of vein of discussion, I think that to your point, it is a process. It used to be that you would create all this and you put it in a drawer and then like, you know, the movies depict it like somebody's reading something around this big table, you know, after you're gone and it's a surprise to everyone. But that's changed, right? We're seeing things really change and it be a process. So talk about some of the new trends and developments and really what you think that is ideal for people in terms of a, is it a yearly review? Is Tell us what you think about that. Sure. There was an old song that stated 57 channels and there's nothing on. I think each of us have probably have 57 passwords in places that we go for entertainment and sources of information 
that would be very important to have in a world where you're no longer part of it. You think about that, and again, new administration and other related things, the changing dynamic of the family union. There are so many different things that are happening in society that need to be kept up on in order to do this most effectively and most efficiently. I think when you look at it and what it comes down to is, again, the thing we continue to say over and over again today, Joan, is it's not an event, it's a lifelong process. And one of the things we advocate for is a regular check of affairs, if you will, sometime around a date like tax day, right? To really focus your efforts on dusting off what was and what's changed over the past year in your life in order to determine if there's a better path moving forward for your planning and legacy. Legacy is a funny thing in that it really does focus on what happens when you're gone. But we find that the best lands are laid well prior to that. If there are charitable thoughts or inclinations, bringing one's family into that conversation to guide that process together only strengthens your legacy after your past. But from a trend perspective, what we're seeing are younger people actually being more engaged, enthusiastic, and insistent upon having a plan that will ultimately reflect their legacy and carry it out. Heaven forbid something would happen. Put another way, we're seeing a trend that earlier and more often is occurring. We're also seeing, again, the infrastructure or convention of legacy planning catching up with the shifts in society that we're seeing before us. All very positive, all very exciting, but also all very serious and important things to consider. It's reframing legacy planning from activity that perhaps wasn't seen as sort of a must-do and really being seen as an ongoing process in life and a way to, to really continue to document and ensure that your legacy lives on. So we always spend time on our podcast contemplating the future, and I'd love to just get your perspective on looking in, into your crystal ball and giving us your thoughts about how you see the future state of legacy planning. Well, it starts with, again, the fact that the burden of grief should not be compounded by the burden of guessing, right? The future is very much something that needs to be attended to with the facts in hand at any given point. Moving forward, it's about keeping a malleable, adaptive stance and really committing to the process of adapting to what might come. We've talked about trends and no doubt new and exciting trends or quite honestly, things that need to be attended to almost immediately may be part of a new administration's plans for taxes, for other related things. What I would say is very simply put this, the future is something that needs to be contemplated, but it also needs to be something that's adjusted to. And legacy planning is a very much an important thing to consider in that march forward into the future, because things do change. Tastes, convention, your beliefs, your views, your intentions change. And at the end of the day, again, the burden of grief should not be compounded by the burden of guessing. We'd all want to leave that to our loved ones. So Ed, before we let you go today, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Well, words of wisdom, I'm not sure of, but words that I think matter. Clearly, this is a topic we're all very passionate about. Again, at the end of the day, it is an emotional topic. But what I would say is to really separate the emotion from objectivity, the most important thing is to take some time and reflect upon what it is that you'd like your legacy to be 
and what it is you've done to put that into motion. For those that have yet to get started, the old adage comes to mind. The most difficult step to take is the first one. Engage with experts and those you trust and love to really talk about this very emotional and oftentimes very difficult conversation to bring up. For those that have committed to the process already, redouble your efforts to breathe life into the process again, making it a lifelong process and really assess what it is that may have changed that needs to be really attenuated to. I can't emphasize enough the fact that it is not an event, it is a process. And that is a journey that I think many would be willing to take with you if you ask. I think I might say that those you ask would be not only privileged and thrilled and honored to take the journey with you, be surprised just how responsive they'd be to helping you. That's terrific. Every journey begins with the first step. And I would say one of the first steps that might make it easy for everyone listening to get started is a workbook that Oppenheimer has put together that you can find on our website, which is a framework for you to detail and itemize all the important assets and possessions. And that's just a way for you to get started. We always like to move from ideas to action in our discussion. Ed shared his moment of truth for him, which was his bear moment. We all have them. And so I think the points to take away from today is to spend time in reflecting, create your own narrative, assemble the team that can help translate for you and understand that this is a lifelong process. So I'll leave it there. Thank you, Ed. I really appreciate the time that we've spent today together. I appreciate you having me, Joan. Thank you. Don't miss the next episode of Let's Talk Future as we explore a variety of topics important to every kind of investor by bringing our firm's financial thought leaders directly to you. Hit the subscribe button today.